is going on, all you awesome fans out there? Welcome, ladies and germs, to another episode of the World of Fandom podcast, where we talk about everything and anything in the world of your favorite fandom. You guys know who I am. I go by the name of Connor, but I also go by the name of OK Fabe. And I'm joined with me, as we are each and every single week, with my brother from another mother. We got Mr. Andrew Cutcher, Inc. Andrew, how are you, sir? I am, as always, living the dream. <laughs> I don't know what dream it is. It's actually a nightmare right now. You know why? We talked about this earlier, but 30 years, Undertaker is done. Yeah, and I'm not saying uh, like a groan, like I hate wrestling. So for those of you who don't know, uh, we're recording this on Survivor Series 2020 night, which uh, was highlighted by the what seems to be the farewell of the Undertaker. And I mean, he even said at the end was, you know, it's time for the Undertaker to rest in peace. And it's like... Yeah, this is definitely... I don't think he's coming back. And those of you who don't know, I... Undertaker is and will always be, in my opinion, I know Andrew feels differently, which is, out of respect, completely respectable. Taker will always be the number one, in my opinion. Always. Um, so it's 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 really tough. I mean, obviously, wrestling retiring is like, you know, you say it with air quotes because they'll always come back in some way, shape, or form. But this was treated like on the level of a Ric Flair or Shawn Michaels, where there was a lot of gravity put to it. Um, and so it's 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 bittersweet as, as a fan, for sure, let alone as the guy who I consider to be the greatest of all time. Yeah, I'm just waiting for Mr. America to show up and <laughs> with a, try to take his trench coat on. But Man, you know, on, so many on, good stories. Like, yeah. Um, like you said, in, in the, when I look at the top greatest wrestlers of all time, I can't say there's a number one. I would say it's like a four to five way tie between Hogan, Austin, Flair, Rock, and Taker. And without a doubt, Taker is one of my favorite wrestlers. He's he's done so much with the company and he's really kind of been the conscience and the backbone. And he's one of those big people that stuck with Vince through thick and thin. And like, I, I mean, if you go back and you watch 1994, 1995, early 96 WWE, it's, it's atrocious. But you know who's there? As the backbone, it was Taker. I only hope that Taker's still with the company in some way, shape, or form. And you know what I think would be good for him, Connor? I wouldn't mind Taker just going and becoming a trainer. Like, I think that a lot of the youth and the new guys coming in would benefit a lot, maybe not so much from his wrestling skills, but mm -hmm. maybe from his psychology and his ability to tell a story. Funny you say that. You know that, um, you know he was a very influential and very um, uh, hands-on when it came to Finn Balor's entrance? Was he? I yes. Him and Triple H specifically were all, because I think he actually says it in his, because they did a, a Finn Balor like 30, you know, or whatever it was like for uh, WWE, they did like a documentary. And he was saying how like, you know, when he wrestled in Japan, Japan's very like straight laced. Like it's like you go out, you walk, you do the match and then you're out. Like there's no, like there's not really much else thought put into it. He goes, so when he goes, when he came to WWE and NXT, it was very different because he had like know where certain cameras were and knew how to like needed to know how to move a certain way to capture like the best in terms of like his character, his gimmick and blah, blah, blah. So when they were coming up with the demon persona specifically, Triple H and The Undertaker both had input um, in terms of how. Uh, the music was the smoke, the lighting, the presentation, how he moved, like all that stuff. So it was he was very influential. I think he's gonna be like Sean, maybe not as you know. Sean's more like there, like full time. But I I wouldn't be surprised if Taker comes back in every once in a while uh, on the NXT side. So, but um, yeah, definitely ugh, ugh, bittersweet for sure. At least for, you know for me. But um, we got a lot to divulge into uh, this week, and this week, uh, Morty, we got a lot to talk about this week morning because there's just so much uh so much stuff to talk about morty the fans i don't know rick i, I, I don't know if we should do this podcast rick oh, geez, rick i don't know i don't oh, know if we can, i can't do i can't do the fucking impressions for the life of me but no, um, I can't. but uh rick and morty won our fan poll over on twitter if you guys aren't following us on twitter i don't know what is wrong with you at pod fandom we interact with you guys we show you some fun stuff and we of course do some fun polls so you guys can dictate what we end up talking about next but before we get to Rick and Morty, there is a lot of other stuff that we got to talk about. I know Andrew, you've got some hot takes for us. We kind of dive. Some hot takes. We get. You sound like a creepy cafeteria lady. <laughs> <laughs> you, want, you want the mystery meat? That's your hot take right there, kids. The mystery hot take. Right Full here. of questionable protein. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, I know you got some hot takes. I got some things I, I, we were talking a little bit about before we got on the air here because uh, it's it's been a crazy week. But, Andrew, I'll let you take things off with your hot takes, first and foremost. Oh, wow. Age before beauty. Okay. Yeah, for always. Always. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> you know, I was thinking this is a hot take. Uh, never mind. You know what? Okay, I'll talk to you about it later. No, 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 <laughs> probably, no. Probably it's, not. No. <laughs> you can't do this shit. <laughs> ne- never mind. Anyways, hot takes. <laughs> uh, hot take number one. Um, do you like to be disappointed? Oh, hey, I, that's life right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were a Switch fan and uh, you like the Doom series, guess uh, what? <laughs> You're not going to be playing the newest one. Uh, Doom recently rebooted back in 2016, um, and I don't know if you played the game, but I have yes. on the Switch. Mm-hmm. It's a fun, frantic game that really makes you work with uh, ammo, um, what is it called, uh, management, health management, constantly, feverishly go back and forth and kill things. Uh, it's a great weapon system. I loved it, and I got it for the Switch because um, you know I've heard great things about it, and I played Doom when I originally was younger. Probably not the best decision on my father or my brother's side. My mother never found out. But anyways, um, and I pre-ordered Doom Eternal for the Switch like everyone else did. Well, I got a nice little call from GameStop this week saying that it's just not happening. Now, here's the funny thing. Doom Eternal is getting canceled, but only for the physical copy. It is getting a digital Switch release. But where I only collect physical stuff, I rarely get the digital stuff. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a slap in the face for me. So I don't know why they did this. Uh, there's a lot of speculation going out there on why they did it. Probably might just be easier to do the digital release uh, rather than going physical. Maybe the original Switch um, port didn't sell as well. Who knows? But, um, yeah, that's, that's hot take number one. Slap in the face for us Switch fans. Especially in the time when there's PS5 and Xbox, whatever it's called now, is coming out. The Seto Kaiba. The Seto Kaiba. Did you see it yet? The... Oh, dude, it was, <laughs> it was great. One of, my, one of my friends, Greg, who I play D&D with, yeah. he got one, and then he posted one. It, he posted it looking like Saruman's um, Tower from Lord <laughs> yeah, of the Rings. Yep, got, yep. I got the Lord of the Rings edition. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, minor hot take, but a, a slap in the face, I think it is, for Switch fans, because I don't, I mean, I could definitely get this on the PS4, I have a PS4, I just like to have uniformity with my stuff, so... Fair enough. And I, and I just don't get a chance to play my PS4 that much, like, I'm still playing Assassin's Creed Origin, I only get to play, like, once a week for an hour. Um, but anyways, that's hot take number one, I don't know if you had thoughts on it, but your opinion really doesn't matter. That, that wow okay no no go ahead do you have any thoughts it is weird why they wouldn't do a physical version but they're still keeping the digital my only guess is that possibly there was some sort of uh distribution deal that fell through that's my it might be that's my only that, that's so weird because it's one thing to cancel a game altogether and it's another to cancel only the physical release of the game like it's it's still coming out which is very which is very strange but um but that that is weird. Also, I've never heard uh, ever uh, in my life of someone pre-ordering a game and saying like, "Hey, listen, your pre-order is canceled because it's just not happening." Yeah, I was kind of thrown off by it too. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's clear that the Switch can port it, but you know what's really insulting is also you know the developers, the ones that are porting it to the Switch, not the originals, which I think was the. Bethesda, um, they kept on saying, no, it's in the works, it's in the works, it's almost done, it's almost done, and then, mm, nope, not happening. So that's kind of a little BS for us. Um, but number two on hot takes. Mm. This is uh, number two and number three are going to be all Pokemon, so I hope you're ready. Cool. But it's going to be Pokemon cards. Mm. Um, recently, um, <laughs> in the past few months, and I even talked about this as a previous hot take, yep. there was a release of a set called Champion, uh, uh, Champion's Path. Mm. Champion's Path? Let me look at the box and just make sure I don't screw it up. Yeah, Champion's Path. It's rough night. The kids just got to sleep. Anyways, uh, Champion's Path came out. It was a big set. Um, big as in, like, everyone wanted to get it. Very popular. Hard to find. 
eBay, you're getting the box, and you can only get it in the box, right? You have to get this elite trainer box. It's $39.99 retail value, and that's the only way you can get the set. You can't get booster packs. You can't get anything else. And even more so, it has a really rare Rainbow Rare Charizard VMAX. Anyways, this set was incredibly hard to find, and luckily they're just starting to re-release it, another wave of them. Um, I was able to pick up a, a box. There were three of them at my target. I picked up one because I'm poor. I was going to go back and get another one 10 minutes later, and they were already gone. So they are coming back into circulation. However, they're going pretty fast because another set also released is called Vivid Volt. Vivid Volt. Say that three times five. Uh, vivid Voltage. Vivid Voltage. Vivid Voltage. It's a Pikachu set, right? <laughs> G-Max Pikachu. So anyways, it's called Vivid Voltage. Yep. And that box set I got, the, the Elite Trainer box, and that's already off the shelves. Good luck getting that. Jesus. Um, so if you, you guys are going to Target or Walmart or wherever, you better pick these up because they're going fast. And I'm telling you, the way that the price increase has gone for these these boxes is extreme. Let me just show you how obscene Pokemon cards prices go, right? I will card. I will say that it is very interesting just real quick how how Pokemon cards are still so high in circulation and so high in value because, you know, you see a lot of other card games that kind of like fall to the wayside after their popularity. Uh, but yeah, Pokemon is still going strong. Yeah, and I would attribute that to a couple things. It's very easy to get into Pokemon. Um, the game is relatively simple. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that Magic or, or Yu-Gi-Oh! is hard to get into, but the problem with Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic is their rules keep on stacking on each other. Oh my god, don't get me started. Yeah. I have a vent later on to talk about that. Yeah. Then we will, and I know it's about Yu-Gi-Oh! But their rules keep on stacking on each other, where it gets complicated, even to the point that like Yu-Gi-Oh! has... like. Nine million different kind of types, like yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna get to that. That's one of my okay. things I'm gonna talk to. <laughs> don't, okay. don't you fret. So, but the thing about Pokemon is, while it will introduce a new mechanic, it's never too extreme. Um, in addition to that, Pokemon kind of flows with the game, so you get new cards based off the Pokemon. A mm -hmm. lot of recurring Pokemon show up. And in addition to that, the community on Pokemon, I have to say, is a lot better than other communities. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't been in the Magic of the Gathering community for a long time, but I was watching some Yu-Gi-Oh! stuff before COVID have it, and nothing against Yu-Gi-Oh! players, but I have to say at least 40% of them are a-holes. Um, <laughs> they, they're, they're not very welcoming to people. So yeah. um, and, and Pokemon is relatively cheap, too. There are some really extreme cards that are very expensive, but they're, they're relatively inexpensive compared to getting yourself a Black Lotus or any of the Power 9. Right. Um, well, I will say... As Pokemon cards values do go up, and I'm going to go through this real quick, the Pokemon card values do go up really quick. Um, three sets ago, there was a card that was released called VMAX Charizard. It's basically the Gigamax Charizard card. I was able to pull one in my third pack. I was super pumped. I was talking to John about this because I, I don't know if you talked to John lately. He's in a big wrestling figure thing. <laughs> Just dropped $240 for some, like, Oh, like a little, a little bit of the bubbly shit. Uh, Chris Jericho, and he got like a signed Kenny Omega thing for like two hundred and something dollars. Damn, dude, he's he's getting hard into it. But we talk about like price gauges back and forth. I got this Charizard card on paper; it should be thirty nine ninety nine for the card value. Right. When I got it, the prices online were about fifty dollars. So I'm like, okay, well, that's pretty cool. Then a week later, it went up to about eighty dollars. I went on to it yesterday and I checked the average going buy now eBay price as well as the average going price in other stores just to see how much it's going for $150 now. Average. Damn. So Pokemon cards can get a little bit up in price. But that hot take was basically keep your eyes peeled for those pa uh, Champions Path and Vivid Voltage um, <laughs> lead trainer boxes. The Champions Path is the most important because you get exclusive cards. You have the Vivid Voltage. Right. Not so much. You can get the cards and packs. Last, last hot take. This okay. is a good hot one. Ready? All right. Um, you might know this. In some card games, they have these pre-made decks, right? A lot mm -hmm. of times, pre-made decks are shit. Um, I don't remember Yu-Gi-Oh's as much. I know the Legend of the Blue Eyes deck, which I like. The Saga of the Blue Eyes deck was actually pretty good. I don't know how the other ones were, but most of the time, the pre-made decks are kind of shit. They're, they're only 
really creative with maybe one or two good cards and they hand it out so kids can get into it or new players, right? Well, yeah. That, well, I'll talk about that more when, I, when you get done. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I get more. <laughs> Pokemon has recently been releasing uh, a bunch of new sets. Um, and they're called the, the League Battle Decks. They released two about two months ago. It was Pikachu Rushram tag team deck and Charizard, no, I'm sorry, Charizard Rushram tag team deck and Pikachu Zekron uh, tag team deck. And these were competitive decks with a bunch of rare cards. If you actually spelled out the value of these decks, they were well over the asking price of $25. You're looking at a deck that was, you had at least $50 worth of cards in there. And they were all really rare, really competitively good. If you bought two of these decks, you could have a full, complete competitive deck that would crush people. They, they were high value. Recently, just as of today, they released a new one and is uh, uh, Zankia, uh, Zakia, the, the fucking dog with the sword. I always screw up their names, but his League Battle deck has come out and it's already getting soaked up really quickly. People, if you see this, pick it up because I'm going to say this. I, and trust me, I love Charizard Restaurant deck. It's one of my favorite decks to play. This has to be one of the best pre-made decks ever, if, if not the best that I've ever seen. And it has a going value of at least 40 bucks worth of cards, if not more. And they're all really good competitive cards. You got to pick this up if you see it. Target, Walmart, they have them. Pick them up. Damn. So there you go. There's my little hot take rant. I could hear like the excitement in your voice, by the way, like just ramping up when you were talking about this. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just, I'm just saying I could, I could tell the ex- anticipating the excitement. So I have yeah, s- some mild takes, but go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So, um. Some of you may have heard from the last week's episode that I was kind of teasing Andrew because we were talking about, you know, trading card games and how I was big into Yu-Gi-Oh! and how I'm actually semi getting back into it. Now, when I say semi getting back into it, I have to I have to preface this because I've not bought a ton of cards, but I have been playing Duel Links, which is the free mobile game that you can play and basically play Yu-Gi-Oh! that way. Um, but it incorporates all the different versions of Yu-Gi-Oh! And uh, holy shit, there's a lot of them. And 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 here's the thing, and this is the and this is the reason why I kind of fell out of out of it in the first place was one was just because of the timing, I was getting kind of bored with it. The second was, as Andrew alluded to, uh, the, the the variations of things that happen. So so Andrew, um, there is like five new monster types that I'm just not even gonna. I'm not even like once I get to like the end of GX, I'm done. I'm not even gonna play the fucking thing anymore because like, if, like why motorcycles? Why motorcycles? Why the <laughs> fuck are there fucking mo- like I I I I I am trying to wrap my head around the fact that we started off with an ancient Egyptian warfare between gods and monsters and somehow ended up with. Listen, if that's your biggest complaint about Yu-Gi-Oh, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. It's not. <laughs> I the, the, so I played. I've been playing the game, and in the game, you can play different players from different worlds and the different like kind of rules and strategies that go with it. Um, fuck synchro summons. Fuck Xexis uh, summons. Fuck all those types of summons because. I don't mind synchros. Dude, there, it's it's just a whole nother like, oh my god, like it is just a lot to to pile on and a lot to yeah. take on, and I'm gonna maybe try to learn them. I don't know for sure, but like, Jesus Christ, it's well, so know, much. I, I think in the defense, and listen, I am the last person you should talk to about Yu-Gi-Oh competitive playing. I watch a couple of videos when I'm on the shitter, but like the- synchro summons, I have them in my blue eyes deck. Um, I feel as though they're a better answer to fusion than fusion is um, because you don't have to require as much like polymerization or what what have you. Um, but I agree with you 100%. Yu-Gi-Oh! has... There's... And Magic has this problem too, but not as much as Yu-Gi-Oh! There's just so many new monster types and different kinds of ways of summoning that it gets overwhelming. Yeah, it's it's a bit much. So I'm going to play Duel Links for as long as I can, then when I'm done, I'm done. But um, but yeah, that's just that, that's one thing on here. Um, I have a fun story about Xbox. So... Um, did you see my tweet about it? Uh, I might have. So I tried to get one. Oh, 
Oh, yes. No, I did see this tweet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I figured I'd tell the story on here. So, um, and if you were on me, if you were on me during my Twitch stream last Thursday, you would have heard it. But for those of you who haven't here for the first time. So I've been trying to get an Xbox Series X because I had an Xbox One. I have a lot of games still on there, and I think for me, it's the best. You know, I'm not saying it's a better system than PS5, but I think for me, it's probably the one I would lean more towards for a bunch of different reasons. So uh, I heard that Walmart was doing their sales. They, they said they're going to restock Walmart.com on Thursday, my day off from work, at 3 p.m., which was just a time when I had all the kids home and got everything settled. So I literally had my son was all set. He was good to go. My, my daughter was, was entertained. The kids were distracted. So I'm like, I have my phone. I am going to press my luck. Let's see how far I go. I wasn't anticipating getting one, but let's just see what happens, right? Mm-hmm. I get it. I get on there. I refresh at 3 o'clock. Nothing. Refresh again at 3 o'clock. Nothing. Refresh at 3.01. There. Hit add to cart. Our website's down. Please try again. Add to cart. Please. uh, Our our website's down. Please try again. Add to cart. I got it in my cart. So I get it in my cart. I go right to checkout. I'm not getting games. I'm not getting accessories. I'm not getting anything else. I'm getting just the system only. I go to checkout. Please uh, wait for. uh, Please refresh your browser. There's been an error. Okay, refresh the browser. Check out. Please refresh the browser. There's been an error. Okay, check out. Please refresh the browser. There's an error. I get to the checkout. Please enter in your bill, your um, your shipping information. Okay, enter in ship information. Are you checking out as a guest? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Because it kept like crashing a million times. I get. I, I enter in my shipping information. I edit my credit card information in and put all that in there for payment. I get to the very Andrew, I got to the last page that said process order. And then it goes bye-bye. I got to the last fucking page that said process. Like, literally, the next page would have been, here's your confirmation. Mm. Like, fucking. You know what I think it is? I think Andrea was trying to sabotage you. Does she know that you're trying to get an Xbox One? Yes. Does she know the price of the Xbox One? No. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) We just found out the problem here, there, kiddo. Thank God she doesn't listen to the show. So, um, uh, yeah, it, it was just a matter of just rushing to get out. And I, I, I'm not so much mad that I didn't get it. I'm mad at the fact that I got that far and didn't get it. Like oh, it's yeah. it's like it's like tripping at the finish line. It's like fucking. Argh! But um, for those of you who are curious, I am trying again on Black Friday. I'm actually going to a GameStop. Yeah, I'm debating on going with you just for shits and giggles. Trust me, I'm not buying it because I don't have the money. Um, but I mean, it'd be interesting to see the chaos and havoc that will happen over there. I'll tell you right now, we're probably because of we're both in Massachusetts, and so Massachusetts has a quote unquote COVID curfew. I say COVID curfew because I don't think there's any legal ramifications to it. But no. but 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 in any case, uh, I talked to the people over the GameStop, and basically, I'm going to try and get there for like. 5 a.m. like right on the dot but we'll see how it goes so fingers crossed but if you want to join me at 5 a.m. for a fun romp on a Friday after Thanksgiving after eating turkey and tryptophan by all means well it's not like I have work the next morning so maybe I will touche touche on that plus plus you're up that early you're you're all you're always up that early anyway for your workouts I am well what's uh what's that Friday yeah Mm, hence hence Black Friday the the question I want to say is do I want to screw up chest day I really don't want to screw up chest today. But can't you do like something like press to do body presses against the wall or something while we're waiting? <laughs> what are you here to buy? Uh nothing. I'm here for the entertainment of watching these assholes trying to get a fucking Xbox and PlayStation. Just trying to pick things up and put them down. That's all I'm doing. Um speaking of which, the last thing I'll just do is uh Thanksgiving. Looking forward to it? Me? Uh yes, I am for multiple reasons. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. It is a holiday that takes no effort or commitment on my part for anything. I don't have to buy gifts. I don't have to be romantic. I don't have to care about any. There's, there's no no theme to Thanksgiving other than being gluttonous and not giving a shot. So that I'm happy about. <laughs> but I'm also happy for another reason. You want to know why? Why is that? Well, I don't know if you have this benefit or not, but um, everyone in my family is basically um, paranoid of COVID. Not paranoid, but 
my father, you know, he just had that uh, kidney and like yep. heart issues, so he's very cautious, and he's deciding to stay at home, and my mother's working, so she's not going to do anything. So my parents out of the picture, they're not doing anything. My sister says, come over for dessert, but I really don't want to. Sorry, Allison, my bad, but I don't <laughs> give a shit. And then my brother John is not doing anything because his oldest is immune deficient also so he just doesn't want to get anything involved so none of my family really want to do anything so that means i don't have to travel to six different locations oh. on thanksgiving oh it is amazing we, we did that at first when he when when my son was first born we actually tried to hit like i think two or three locations on this was christmas but like dude no and, and you know how it is with one let alone two and and not being able to have to travel multiple locations in one day is a fucking godsend um and that's actually the same thing that we're doing is that we uh it's just my mom the wife me and uh, the kids and that's it for thanksgiving we normally go up to our cousins in new hampshire but kind of similar situation um medically it's just not the best thing right now and then the, the distance i'm like listen i am all for like if if there's food and there's laziness on top of that i mean that's a that's a winning combination right there i'll i'll, I'll work all day doing everything doing something to make sure someone does nothing there you go. <laughs> but um, we've dived a lot more into this setup. We actually talked a little bit longer than expected. But uh, but yeah, I think this is a this is a good segue to uh, talk about some Rick and Morty stuff. And um, I mean, we both hate the show, right? Ugh, it's a terrible show. No, no, I can't say that. I can't even joke about that with Rick and Morty. You know, I'm going to be honest, Connor. This is probably the only podcast so far that I'm actually kind of nervous to talk about. Why is and, that? Uh, well, you know why? It's because I love Rick and Morty so much that I'm worried I'm not going to give the intellectual discussion that it deserves because it's such a smart and good show that I really want to do justice for it in our podcast. And well, I mean, it, me, I'm probably just going to go and ramble on about random stuff. But go ahead. Well, no, the funny thing is, you say that is like you know when it comes to fandoms in general, before we get into Rick and Morty specifically, and not that the Rick and Morty community is like this, but you mentioned it earlier when you were comparing like the other, like the Magic the Gathering and, and, and the Yu-Gi-Oh! and the Pokemon trading card community, is that communities can can be very, um, can be amazing. They can be very uplifting to a fandom. Um, they can be very inclusive. And then there's ones that are just like, you need to be a hardcore, like, like all these like prerequisites. Like you need to have a fucking resume to be a fan of something, right? And that's, yeah. that's one thing that I hope that people get from this show is that, you know, me and Andrew have different levels of fandom on different things. Um, you know, wrestling on my side, like I'm sure Andrew could tell you everything about every legend of Zelda video game. And, you know, and there's, yeah. and there's, and there's, there's other, you know, there's other series like the Harry Potter stuff, which we went a little bit more on a negative tirade than I expected, but you know, um, but, but, but we're, we're open to like, We've we've always had that friendship with each other, and that's one of the things that I've loved about having Andrew as a friend is that we both have fandoms and and we both have deep fandoms about certain things or, or lack thereof, and we are more than willing to educate the other on the on on anything you know that we don't know about because we're so laxed about that. And so I don't think you're going to insult. I don't think you're going to insult the Ricky Morty fan base because they've already been like they've been you know persecuted and trashed in some cases. But but for the record. Rick and Morty is probably one of one of if not my favorite animated TV series I've ever watched. Yeah, I would it's it's tough to If it's not number really 1, it's it. definitely top 3. I will say that right here right now. Yeah, I would say it's what's in top 3. If I had to gauge the top 3, yeah, I mean Simpsons obviously not quite as good as it was back in the day. But I have to say, 90s Simpsons, nothing really touched that. South Park is just ahead of the curve in every way. But I mean, Rick I think, I think those, right are, I think those are the three, honestly, for me. In no particular order, it's Rick and Morty, South Park, and um, early Simpsons. I think, mm -hmm. you, I think I'm right there with you. Correct. Um, well, how about we talk about how we first got exposed to Rick and Morty, and then we'll kind of just go from there. Fire away, mon frere. Okay, I guess I will go first. Um, so Rick and Morty kind of just accidentally stumbled into my life, and it was one joke in one episode that won me over for the whole entire series. Um, I was, I forget the circumstances, but I was watching an episode of it. It was a rerun of it. 
Um, and it had something to do with, I had to do something with Trent and then Trent fell asleep and I was too lazy to change the channel. I was on adult swim and boom, Rick and Morty comes on and the episode that comes on because I didn't think anything of Rick and Morty. I thought it was just kind of like a half-ass adult swim cartoon. And they did the episode, I think it was the season two premiere, when they had to clean up the house and time has frozen. And they basically keep on multiplying each other and fracturing the timeline. And it, when they get to the point when they open the garage and there's like endless space and there's a bunch of cats floating around and the cats are half alive, <laughs> the other ones are dead, and they did a Schrodinger's cats joke, I could not stop laughing. I said, I'm on board. This is it. And then I went back, binge watched everything from season one to season two. And then I just been on it ever since. I kind of fell into a similar boat where like Adult Swim has this really interesting like Adult Swim is an interesting platform. It is a very interesting platform because I feel like and, and, and I'm not trying to call out specifics as far as bad shows. But when there are bad, I shouldn't say bad, there are very weird shows that are that are experimented on in Adult Swim that they just like throw against the wall and see what sticks. Some of them I liked, some of them I didn't. I but, agree with that. But, I think it's very much they give free range for anyone to do anything and sometimes this works and sometimes it doesn't. And I kind of feel like that's exactly how I, you said it best too. Like when I saw this, it's like, oh, it's another one of those 15 minute like you know, quick, like weird cartoons that Adult Swim is, is funneling. But then I can't remember what episode it was, but it was, but season one had already come and gone. And I think I was starting to see a lot of reference it, references to it in, in, in places. And, um, I'm like, all right, let's, let's see what this is about. And I watched one episode and I, I, I wished for the life of me, I could remember which one it was. I think it was the one they had, I think it was the one they had the party. And, okay, uh, and so that was the episode before the one I watched. Right, and I think it was the party because I'm like, the fuck is this all about? And then like I I, I dove deep, and then I saw like I think I think when I when they did the yeah it was because they're like oh we got these crystals from um, Adolf Linkler, and <laughs> and uh, Adolf Linkler. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name, but uh, and then and then uh, Rick goes uh, oh these are just what I need, and then he just fucking snorts some like drugs and then just starts dancing. I'm like that's th that's that's fucking amazing. Like okay, I'm like okay, this guy's a dick let's let's because that that's that's the whole foil of the whole thing and then same thing i just dove deep into it and i i watched season two when it premiered and mm. then same thing with season three and and the thing that i'm sure you know like you were mentioning before the the concern about it was this show is both very 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 smart and very 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 funny and the reason, one of the things, I was actually trying to explain it to my wife because she's like, why do you, why do you like that show so much? I said, because one of the things is, is with it is that it will create this, this situation or scenario or explore a situation or scenario that is very deep, that is very raw, that is very emotional, that makes you think, which the show does all the time, and then immediately cut to a fucking fart joke. Yeah. And I love everything about that. Yeah, I think Rick and Morty um, is one of the shows, and again, we're only in season four. Well, season four has finished, but um, it's one of the shows that I can honestly say I have not had a bad episode with. Um, even, you know, the creators, Harmon, said his least favorite episode was the Vindicator episode, if you remember that. It's basically the rip on the Avengers in yeah, space. Yeah. Um, and I still love that episode. I, I, I don't think there's one episode that I've hated and it's because, you know, you can get the, the, the surface level humor and enjoy it in the, the poops and fart jokes or whatever it is or the chef's wand sauce or whatever you want it to be. But underneath there's some deep, deep um, character building and half the time they don't even know where they're going, but like, like or at least I don't think they do. Like um, with Beth, the clone Beth, mm -hmm. they, they just threw that out there, but they don't they don't even know which one is the real Beth or which one's the fake Beth, but there's so many underlying character flaw, uh, flaws and stories and developments that's going on. Um, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember the Unity episode? Yes. The that... episode where he's dating the basically the, the sentient Borg planet. Yep. Well, not planet, but like uh, – and at the end of it, he tries to commit suicide because he realizes just how a shit of a person he is is that the fact that he can't be with anyone because he just makes people worse. People don't make him better. He makes people 
work. And that's what I mean is that like the show will pull like the shit out of left field and really do these like emotional raw moments that make like when he goes like pickle rick episode obviously is one of my favorites not because just of the i'm pickle rick but the end of it where he's like talking to the therapist and he does this whole thing and then you see almost like revert back to where things were before like it's like that kind of shit it's like that sneaks up on you it's funny the jokes sneak up on you and the fucking like the 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 intellectual deep like emotional moments can also sneak up on you too and that's why it's like man you fucking bastards know exactly where you're taking us and i have no fucking clue because it's not only a cartoon but it's like the space stuff and just everything is is uh it can go anywhere the fuck it wants and that's the beauty of it or one of the beauties of it I think you nailed it with that episode. That episode is obviously one of the best, but like, if you think about like what the therapist says, I think it's Susan Sarandon that does the voice of the therapist too. Um, it's kind of true too. She talks about like, sometimes there's meaningless tasks that you have to do in life that you, that no matter how hard you do them, they can't kill you. They just stuff you have to do. But at the same time, Rick says like, I'm a fucking scientist. I create, I change, I destroy. I don't want to be in a position where I'm so mundane that I'm like a stock. I'm like an animal that I feel content and comfortable and I'm not worrying. Like it's, it's stuff to think about too. Uh, what I also like about Rick and Morty too, other than how smart it is, is that it on a whole is a episode of the week kind of thing where it has an underlying little bit of um, overarching story. I think the biggest thing that's kind of overarching is the evil Morty kind of stuff going on with the Citadel Ricks, which who knows when that would be paid off. We have seven seasons, apparently, that have been ordered. But uh, there's also a ton of fan theories that are going around that are really fucking good. And, and you know what the funny thing is? They made fun of that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. They made fun of the idea of being either serialized or like a linear time. Like, I'm like, come on. <laughs> that, yeah, that's just... See, see, sometimes we have big, big adventures. Sometimes we just do whatever we want. Right, Rick? Yeah, we don't have to be serious all the time, but we don't have to be goofy. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, Morty. I'm like, come on. Like, I, like there's, sefer- there's self-referential humor and jokes, but that they did a whole fucking episode on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's uh, it's good, and I love fan theorizing with a bunch of people. One oh, of my favorite God. theories is that... Um, the Rick we have now is not the original Rick with Morty because if you look at uh, a bunch of stuff, but if you look at some um, of the episodes, like Rick is supposed to have abandoned his daughter Beth around when she first got pregnant with Summer and then came back only a year or so before the show starts. Right. right. But more uh, Rick has memories when he's getting tortured by evil Morty who then was evil Rick um, he has memories of holding Morty and being in Morty's life. So the run-on theory is that Morty, his Morty, originally died, whatever you know, universe he's from, and he hopped over to this Morty, and that's why I, he's so attached to them. I've heard this. I've heard this theory, and it, it's, man, fan theories. Fan theories on anything, which uh, that's why I'm subscribed to all the the, the game and, and film theory with Matt Pat, which I love. Um, he does like some great work. Please, if you haven't seen his stuff, I was stuff. just watching an episode of him today. Uh, was the It Follows episode? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He so he, he him and his team do like really good work. Like it's really good shit. Um, I think I just watched one recently where he basically said the Jedi are the evil ones. <laughs> so it's like, and and it's not like he's just pulling shit out of his ass. He's he's really uh putting his stuff together. But anyway, um. I actually pulled up real quick, just as a reference here, and I figure we kind of lightly touch on these. Uh, but I pulled up for an article from Uproxx earlier this year, getting ready for the uh, getting ready for the new season, or rather, recapping the new season. They have the top ten best Rick and Morty episodes according to up this article uh, as of right now. Obviously, four seasons in, uh, but I figure we touch upon these real quick. If you're up for it. Shit's on. Throw them out there. Number 10, Edge of Tomorty, which is the season four, uh, episode one, also known as Rick Die Repeat, which is the one where uh, Rick brings Morty on an expedition to travel to harvest death crystals. So it's where Morty... Oh my god. Yeah. This one's so good. So on one hand, Morty sees these death crystals, which basically give you the ability to see how you're going to die, and every little thing you do to change, man, that cat loves you. Yeah, she was downstairs for a while. She was sleeping with my wife, and 
my wife just texted me. She said, beware, the cat's on its way up. <laughs> um, so Morty finds these death crystals uh, that basically see him like with, um, what's her, Jessica, uh, mm-hmm. treating him to, uh, you know, as an old man on his deathbed. And so all his decisions, like if you make one small move, it changes the crystal in terms of showing how you're going to die. And so he's basically doing everything he can to to keep on this path that sees Jessica, um, you know, stay with him on his on his deathbed and be with her supposedly. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Rick is dead. Rick actually gets killed, and he starts doing these uh, different various jumps to different clones that he's done in other dimensions. And fuck, I love this episode. It is it is very very good. Yeah, the Rick cloning thing is a reference to previous season episode with his Phoenix project. Um, but yeah, no, it's a really good episode because, and I think my favorite part at the end is when he's in the court case and he's trying to talk to the, the judge and he's just working through it all. Eventually he gets off and he goes outside and he just goes, I think was... I think I love the hail wasp Hitler. Whoa, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been I've been through these a couple times and like God, uh, just just listen, I just don't like come on. Like I, I I'm having a tough time here. Like Dude, I think I love it when the crustacean Morty comes mm-hmm. in. To check in on the two wrecks. Like, what the fuck are you doing, Morty? Get out of here, Piece Morty. of shit. Piece of shit, Morty. Go. And they both just start bragging on him. Oh, man. De- definitely up there on the top ten. Uh, number nine is uh, Ricky, Rixy, Rixty Minutes. Uh, yeah, I'm pronouncing that right. Rixty Minutes, which is season one, episode eight. This one is basically just... Um, Rick allowing the TV, uh, the Smith family TV to watch an endless array of shows from infinite realities. Um, Unfortunately, one of those shows is a reality which shows Jerry, Morty's dad, uh, living the sweet life as a rich and famous actor, which makes everyone in the family curious to see how their lives could have played out in other realities. It goes very badly. And of course, Jerry and Beth are like barreling towards divorce while Summer plans to run away after she's learning she wasn't exactly planned in addition to the family. This is kind of like they've done this before, I think, in season two or they do it again in season two. But basically, they show like all these different um variations of different things from the uh, interdimensional cable box, which cable. I fucking yeah. love, which, by the way, is just Rick, um, the creators, just doing improv. Oh, yeah. It's really good stuff. It's like the fucking commercial where the guy is talking about doors that go nowhere. <laughs> they get to his car and just drives away, and everyone's like, what is he doing? I don't know. He's in traffic. He's just honking his horn, and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. What, 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 shut up. I just want to see where this is going. He gets back home. He starts making like a sandwich, and then he goes right back into pitching the door. Or what's his name? The fucking car dealership with the ants in his eyes? Oh, yes. It's in the eye guy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Interdimensional cable. Both of them are great. Um, I don't know if I like them more than Morty Mindblowers, but they're still fucking good. I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm curious to see this on the list. I haven't looked at the list, by the way. I'm, I'm going literally, so I'm reacting with you. Uh, number eight, The Ricks Must Be Crazy, which is season two, episode six. This was another good one. Um, Rick's car won't start. So it's powered by a battery that contains a microverse, <laughs> which is generated by a society that doesn't know it's generating electricity for his car battery. And then, so Morty's, the best part about this is that Morty's like like saying like, Rick, this is a bad, like, oh, Rick, you shouldn't do this. It's bad. Da, da, da. And then one of those members of the society does the exact same thing on a smaller scale. And it's yep. just one of those self, fuck, ah, man, this, this one, this one was one of my favorites from that, from, uh, from the second season because of just like fucking how like hypocritical Rick is and just the fucking funny shit with this. This was a good one. Yeah, no, and who doesn't love them getting off and flipping everyone off and saying, F you, F you, and then Morty's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, no, I taught them this is, like, a good thing to say. Um, <laughs> that was a good episode. I don't know if I would make a top ten, though, but I – oh, wait, no, you know what? That's the episode that has uh, Protect Summer. Joke yep, yeah, yeah. So while yes, never mind. While they're along there just for that joke. While they're in, while they're in the battery, or while they're in the battery universe, I guess Rick puts an auto defense on the car to protect Summer. I'm not gonna spoil it, but there's some fucked up ways that the car protects Summer <laughs> that I fucking, I am ashamed that I laughed at, but I fucking could not help myself. And I, and I think, yeah, I was gonna, yeah. oh my god, oh. keep Summer safe, and then the car gets 
sassy at her afterwards. Oh like, my god, oh, fucking god, so great! So Fine, good. using non-violent threats, I can take your, I can, I can bring you your loved ones. I can take them away. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's a good one. So good. Number seven is a Rickle in Time, which is the second season premiere. This is the one that had um, them splitting the the um, the times and splitting them in multiple times. Yep, this is the one that got me hooked. So it's the second season premiere. Summer Morty's uh, squabbling breaks the fabric of reality and puts Rick in the sight of two testicular-looking time cops, voiced by um, Jordan Peele and Michael Key, which fucking love that. Turns out some of Rick's methods aren't exactly legal. For example, using a stolen time crystal to freeze time for six months because he's too lazy to clean up the house party from season one. This was really fun because this is another one of those like intellectual ones where like. If you research this, by the way, I need to stress this too. A lot of the things you see in Rick and Morty, almost all of them, in terms of like scientific theory and like these like these theories about things, these are real, or at least these theories do exist in in real science. Like if you look up what Rick is talking about in terms of splitting times up, that's an actual theory that that scientists on Earth have have explored. Like it's not like just pulling shit out of their ass. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Uh, it's. Like I said, one of the smartest shows out there. Um, the one thing I also like that they don't do is they don't do time travel that much or at all. Yeah. Because I hate time travel. It's a terrible story device, especially because it's rarely used correctly. It, it gets a headache. It becomes a headache. And in, 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 oh, al- yeah. in almost every medium, in almost every medium, it is a fucking headache. Yeah. But um, this episode is great. I mean, I, I talked about the cat joke, but like also the I, I don't see you guys. You guys look exactly the same. You're equally annoying to me. Let me let me mathematically <laughs> I, I do it. I don't. I don't. Ju- I don't see. I don't judge you by height or age. I judge you by pain in my ass, which makes you both identical. Yeah, or uh, when he's flying through the the cosmos, and he's like, "Oh my God, 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 I love you. If you could just get me to this, I'd be yes, great." Fuck I'm you, God, not today. And then he finally gets. He goes, "Fuck you, God, not today, bitch." Oh God, so good. That 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 was a good one too. That one that was one of my favorites up there too. I know I know I'm saying that a lot, but it's it's true. Um, number six, I'm Mr. Meeksies. Look at me. Oh my God, I I could spend an hour on this episode. I think but I, won't. I think that. Outside of Rick and Morty, Meeksies is probably the most popular character. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Him and Bird Person. But yeah, Mr. Meeksies. So, amazing concept. So the concept is pretty simple. Um, basically, a lot of the family is asking Rick to do different things for him because he's a scientist and a genius. So he grants them with a Meeksies box, which basically you press the button and a, a character known as Mr. Meeksies come in and helps you with your task or item. As soon as they're done, boom, they're, 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 they disappear. That is their purpose. That is their way. They only are there for a short time. However, without going to too much spoilers, Jerry tries to instruct a simple task, and it turns into a situation where literally there are fucking hundreds of Meeksies trying to do this. And I love... My favorite part of the whole thing is when they're all gathered together and they're trying to like argue and yell with each other because number one, they're trying to have like a serious conversation saying like how tired and like in pain they are because of their fucking like been, he goes, I've been existing for like six hours, which is like an infinity in Meeksy's time. And they're like growing a beard. But at the same time, they're still saying the fucking catchphrase. <laughs> so it's like, hi, I'm Mr. Meeksy's. Look at me. Life is pain. Life is ex- it's miserable. I can't look at this. Look at me. Like, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> oh my god i wish mr Meeseeks was a real thing in real life because no it would shit. solve all my problems yep no shit all of them yeah all of them but yeah no uh all... yeah definitely first thing you do get the Meeseeks automatically hey mr Meeseeks, i need to make a billion dollars legally can you help me out boom that solves 99 percent of my <laughs> problems Anyone that says money doesn't create happiness. Oh, we, Andrew. <laughs> I think the best joke I heard, I forget who said it, is they said, money doesn't create happiness, but have you ever seen anyone frown on a jet ski? Nope. Well, <laughs> I've seen that somewhere, and it's very true. Yeah. Um, it definitely that's an episode that I, I think from season one is is one that will always stick. And like I said, Mixer Mises is probably one of the most outside of – Rick and Morty themselves, I think Meeksies is the most popular character. Number five, look at me on Pickle Rick. Um, Now, you know, aside from what we already talked about with the ending with the therapist and stuff, basically, long story short, Beth takes the kids to therapy while Rick, in order to avoid going to therapy, turns himself into a fucking pickle. Yeah, classic. 
such a silly concept. And when they previewed this on a commercial or whatever, I looked at it and I said, this is going to be a stupid episode. And it turned out to be one of the best. It really was. Oh, yeah. Because basically Rick ends up doing it at first to try to avoid therapy and then somehow gets knocked off and has to, like, find his way through a sewer. Again, I'm trying not to spoil too, too much of what's going on. But that and then the ending with the therapist, like I mentioned and we talked about earlier, definitely puts it in the top ten for sure, let alone top five. Number four is an interesting one. I'm not sure if I would qualify it for me as a personal top ten, but it's the Rick Lantis mix-up, which is the episode where it's focused primarily on the Citadel, and it's focused on... You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, I would disagree with you. I thought this was one of the best episodes. Where we see that a Morty is running for... well, basically, it, it comprises of five short vignettes that focus on interdimensional society where thousands of Rick and Mortys for, from different realities do everything from work as crooked cops, run for office, and get turned into wafers, apparently. Um, this is this is an interesting one. I'm not saying that it's a bad episode by any stretch of the imagination. I loved it, too. Just I don't know if I would put it up there as one of the top ones, but it it, it still has a lot of weight to it. And I think that what I find the most interesting is... You know, obviously the Rick and Morty Citadel is full of Rick and Mortys. Correct. But what they do, and I don't know how the fuck they do, and I can't like explain it the best way. They're able to create these. It, it, it's the almost the exact same fucking characters. There's slight variations of physicality to them, but they are able to create personalities with these different ones, and that's what's the most amazing thing. It's like. When what other show have you ever heard? Let's take the two biggest characters of this franchise, make a thousand of them, but yet make them different. And like yeah, take the time do. with them, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, they do a very good job of that, and they use Rick and Morty as more dressing for whatever personalities they try to do, but they keep them relatively in line with who Rick and Morty are at base are. Um, I love this episode for multiple reasons. I think it does a lot of world building with the Citadel of Rick. I think it does a lot of uh, character building with Evil Morty. Um, but there's just some great jokes in this. The cop Morty is one of my favorite uh, with the the rookie Rick. Um, them seeing the junkies making like half-ass crack portals and killing themselves with it. It's just a, <laughs> it's, it's just a great episode. So um, I think it deserves to be in top ten. I don't know if it should be in top five, but definitely top ten. Oh no, that's what I'm saying is I don't know if I would put it this high up on the list, but either way, still definitely definitely a good one to check out. Uh, number three, Total Recall. This is the one that features the endless supply of characters, and mm-hmm. basically what happens is there is a the Smith family finds out that there is a a parasite in the house so they put it on lockdown but this parasite's a weird one because it manifests itself as strange assortment of characters uh that feed off of past memories so like oh remember when this happened and then they become the actual you have to fucking see this episode i i definitely agree this needs to be in the top three because of just how fucking funny and obscure not only the fucking characters are but this premise like i remember rick one point tries to like okay there's six we're gonna put the number six up here there's no more than six and then two other characters like well you i don't know why the fuck you put that number up there you did after like that such and such character remember no don't fucking make you remember do a flashback and just a lot of fucking meta jokes in this one that i really really liked and just again like the fucking assortment of just stupid ass characters like the the like the the backwards giraffe long body small yes. neck yep <laughs> one of fuck? my favorite is um sleepy gary which is a fictional character who's apparently having a romantic relationship with both um beth and also uh jerry and it brings into question is jerry secretly gay and closeted is he bisexual or is it just the fact that this thing is creating false memories of having an affair with jerry it's just a hilarious premise with that character i uh i wanted to pull up all the i'm pulling up all the characters that were in this <laughs> uncle steve mr Beauregard, frankenstein sleepy gary photography raptor pencil vester um hammerai which is a samurai made out of ham Amish cyborg, that just fucking come on. Uh, reverse giraffe, ghost in a jar, baby wizard, Mrs. Refrigerator, and duck with muscles. 
<laughs> like I mean, this is what I mean though. Like you have the same show that does these like deep, like rich moments, and then you have fucking Mr. Poopy Butthole, <laughs> who was real at the end, right? Best shot, uh, best stuff. Uh, number two, Rick Potion. Number nine, on the school night of the school dance, Rick uh, asks, or sorry, Morty asks Rick to make him a love serum that will make his longtime crush Jessica be his date, which is of course creepy. But unfortunately, it all spirals out of control because everyone gets infected with it and falls in love with Morty. Rick tries to fix it and then turns them all into fucking bug people. Yeah, I mean this is a good episode, but I don't know if I would put this in the top ten. Um, I don't know. I think it's because. I don't have a real reason. I just don't think it's as funny or as good as some of the other episodes, but it's still a good episode. Now, be, before we get into um, the number one, according to, again, is, we're just going off of this Uproxx article, by all means, it's not necessarily our, uh, our, our, our necessarily our list, but there was one episode I wanted to try and find, and it's going to piss me off if I don't find it, but it's the one where... Um, uh oh here it is rest and rick laxation this is the this is one of my personal oh, favorites my yeah this is one of my personal favorites basically what happens is rick and morty decide to spend a time in an alien spa and they use a machine that extracts a person's negative personality traits but without knowing they actually created physical toxic counterparts and they escape and there's just something about the writing the dialogue i think this is one of the best episodes with morty I love this episode too for the fight between Rick and Toxic Rick. Yes. I particularly like the part where he has a little pet. He goes, Oh, yeah, your daddy's good boy. Yeah, your daddy's good murderer. Go, go, stick him, kill him. I don't know. For some reason, that was just <laughs> hilarious to me. But it's cool to see Rick versus Rick and just how he has so many things hidden across the house. Yeah, off, no shit. Whatever. Um, yeah. What would you say? Is there an episode that sticks out in your mind before I read the, you know, the number one with this article? as the best in, in mean, your opinion it's tough because i don't know i don't i don't have what i would qualify as my favorite episode um but abc's of beth is another good one yeah i would ha i was leaning towards abc of beth because it really had some good moments in it and some hilarious stuff and it's pretty fucked up it's, it's, I think this might be one of the darkest ones. Oh, by the way, another reason I really like um, uh, Rest and Relaxation is the opening. What was the opening? Again? Remember oh, when they're they, flying through it and then they like and they just get the, <laughs> they get yep. the car and they just fucking freak the fuck out. That has to be my favorite intro of any episode. Um, no, definitely. But ABCs of Beth is basically the fact that Rick reveals that Beth's fantasy land that he she made up in her head as a kid named Fruity Land is an actual physical plane of existence that he created. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that explore Beth and Rick's relationship as father daughter, um, and does a lot of deep di diving with Beth. Good stuff. Definitely love it. Also, Stone Cold reference. Um, last one is number one according to this article. Morty Night Run, Season 2, Episode 2. This is where, uh, after become displeased with Rick making an arms deal that would result in the assassination of a sentient cloud being oh. named Fart, Morty wants to help the gas cloud escape. This is the one where they go to the arcade place. Yes. And they, and they play that game Roy or whatever it's called. Yep. And they had a great line where Rick is playing with it and everyone goes around and it's like, oh my god, he's taking him off the grid. He's oh, burning his social security, security card. card. <laughs> he's like, holy shit, this guy just took it off this, his Roy off the grid. He's burning his social security card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god. That, that's definitely a good episode just for that joke alone. It, it, the, the main story is a little bit, I think, weak in my opinion, but I think little shit like that was like fucking, you know what you do when you get money from an arms dealer who wants to assassinate but you spend it at Blitz and Chips! <laughs> that, that is a fantastic episode. Um, I don't know if I would put it at number one. Again, I'm surprised. When was this article made? Because I don't think they did any season four episodes on it. They there. did. Number 10 was, was the first episode of season four. Well, what, what was number 10 again? Uh, here, let me pull it back up here real quick. Uh, was Rick die repeat or Rick die Rick Pete, which is the, the a season one opening where he keeps like, uh, Morty has the death crystals. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. That was the, I think that's the only one from season four. Let me just make sure. 
I mean, that might have been the only episode at the time of this article's release, so that's that's understandable too. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> shit, that's uh, that. And again, that's just an article that just to give an idea of reference to talk about some of our favorite episodes. And you're right. It's really hard to have a bad one. Um, I can't remember which one was from season four, but the one where Jerry's floating. Oh yes, yeah. uh, um, I have. Here's the thing: I've only watched each season four episode once, maybe twice. I haven't deep dived into it as much as the other ones. There's also the sex dragons. No, oh, dude, you slut! You fucking sex dragon <laughs> slut! You dragon slut! Oh my god, that's a great episode. There, there's there's oh. so much to go. Let me let me see what else I got here. Um, let me see. Yeah, huh? Was that one floor? They had the continuity uh, train one, which was good. When yeah. they're on the train and they're just going through the story wheel, basically that Harmon uses to create the stories for Rick and Morty. You son of a bitch! I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the heist one. Yep. Fucking heist one. That one is great. Um, yeah, dude. There's just too many of them. I mean, this is what I'm was worried about is this it's so tough to talk about Rick and Morty because it's just such a good series and you could spend time on anything about the philosophical stuff about the characters about the humor and just deep dive into it and really go to town um have you seen the uh I don't want to say it's a spinoff because it's not but the Hulu original uh series that um was done by the creators. Or no, one of the creators of Rick and Morty. no, but I heard a lot of people said it was very good. It is. Um, I'm, give me a second. I can and, find it. Hold on one second. It's Justin Rowland made it, and I'm just trying to figure out what it was. Um, Goddamn. I should remember because I watched it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, television. Here we go. Uh, Solar Solar Opposites. Damn it, Jinx. But that's a pretty good show. Uh, Do you have Hulu? Yes. Okay. So I recommend watching it. It's only like five episodes, I think. Maybe. Um, So far, uh, eight episodes. And it's well worth it. It it feels like it belongs in the Rick and Morty universe. So I will say this. The only thing, and, and I'm not saying this as a negative towards the creators of Rick and Morty, because I think that, you know, I think there's a there's a lot of things with the show they've done right. The biggest thing for me is that they've taken their time with it, because Correct. I think I think I think it's like two years between each season, and if not longer sometimes, um, because I think that's a smart way to go. Because they don't have to. That's the other thing is that they don't have to rush shit. Um, it's not like South Park where you're making an episode in six days. So my worry is that, you know, with any show, right? Uh, sometimes there's shows that go on a little too long, like a season or two longer than they should have. And they should have ended a little bit back. I don't think Rick and Morty is there yet, but you said they've got what renewed for seven seasons. Yeah. Total of 70 episodes. Oh, 70 episodes. Okay. Jesus Christ. Something uh, like that. Um, I worry that that's going to be a strainer on them. Not now, but when you get towards the end of it, because I know like, for example, breaking bad, right? Um, they they wanted to do or AMC wanted to do like two more seasons and the creator said no <laughs> we'll he goes we'll, we'll compromise we'll split season five up into two halves and I'm glad they did it that way because if they tried to carry it on for two more seasons I think it would have been watered down so I just I get a little apprehensive to hear something like that yeah you know what I, I understand where you're coming from on that I'm not as worried because I feel as though with certain shows that are like dramas or or anything that has an ongoing story like let's just take supernatural that just ended 15 years that thing like i don't think any show should really go past between a five to seven year mark i think that's like the sweet point for a show like that like flash arrow angel buffy uh supernatural breaking bad right five to seven seasons is good but i will say that if you look at something like yeah simpsons has kind of changed a lot <laughs> and family guy isn't quite as poignant as it was but south park is what 18 seasons no 20 24 seasons and south park is i think better now than it's ever been granted south park has the ability to pull from what's going on currently in any aspect of the universe uh not the universe but the world 
But I mean, it's still like that is still as good as it is because comedy doesn't have to have a story. It can just be good jokes. So I think I have faith that Harmon and Roland will have the wherewithal and the intellect to pull out good material even into season whatever, 10, 11. But um, yeah, I, I do understand where you're coming from because that's that's a trap that you can get into. I mean, it's not to to say that I don't think they didn't, wouldn't have the ability to pull it off. It's just that's creativity. That's that's writing in general. You know, um, it, 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 it's it's just tough to be able to sometimes stretch things so far. Granted, Rick and Morty have a lot of shit they can still touch about and still cover, um, but that's my only concern about it. But other than that, let's ride that roller coaster, baby. I cannot wait for season five. Um, I don't know if there's been any news about that. Have you heard anything about that? I haven't at all, to be honest. Um, I don't know where they stand with it. So, but I I mean, I'm sure that they're probably going to be delayed quite a bit because of COVID. Um, apparently allowed to say COVID on any of our stuff. Yeah. Is it like a no, no, we'll find it. We'll find out. Um, so it says right here, um, years. Uh, I'm reading this article from BossHunting.com. Uh, it just came out uh, last month, actually, end of October, and it said um, during an episode on April Fool's Day, just to throw everyone off. According to co-creator and reputer procrastinator Diane Harmon, however, Rick and Morty season five will actually arrive on time and apparently sooner than anticipated. He goes, "We're more on schedule than we've ever been," says Ham- uh, says Harmon. Now uh, noting how little COVID has impacted the digital workflow, it kind of makes you more have to focus on the whole process when you don't have this office environment anymore. Everyone has to run this bee colony remotely, so the honey just gets more made more consistently. It's working for us. So apparently, they're right on track for season five to happen, which is uh, which is kind of crazy. Um, and they're already. Yeah. Uh, let me just see here. Yeah, in 2018, Adults uh, Swim commissioned a total of 70 new episodes. After the conclusion of the latest season, another 60 remains on the docket. That means there's still plenty of sci-fi, sci-fi shenanigans to be had. While the exact re- uh, season five release date has not been revealed, not even so much as a hint beyond the basic reassurance that it's coming soon, Dan Harmon did tease the following, and I quote, There's an episode in season five where Morty has a relationship with another female character that's not Jessica. It's just a great little story that my very, very longtime friend and collaborator uh, Rob Schrabe wrote it. Uh, He's also a very tender writer, a juvenile John Hughes. He really feels heartache on a level uh, on a level a man his age shouldn't. My Emmy is going to go to that one. Mm, Wow. So that's uh, that should be interesting. Very. But um, I think we've we've kind of covered everything in our love of Rick and Morty, at least. uh, at least this time around, uh, Andrew. Any other final comments before we wrap this up? No. Just if you haven't seen Rick and Morty at all, we are not doing it as much justice as it deserves. It is that good of a show. Yeah. Um, watch it. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, love to hear your thoughts on this. Make sure if you guys and gals have not followed us in the world of fandom podcast, please do so on the Twitters at pod fandom also check us out on anchor iHeartRadio, itunes spotify and so many other places where your favorite podcasts can be listened to uh next week the future is uncertain so we'll we'll see how things go i guess you just have to follow us on twitter to see what the next subject's gonna be i guess that's just the best way you're gonna have to do that uh with that being said guys this has been a blast this has been the world of fandom podcast he is andrew i am connor we will see you guys next time as we talk more awesome fandom thank you guys for tuning in appreciate the love and support take care and as always take it easy peace out